I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So about Michael Jordan, how you going to hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Hello and welcome back to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Thank you guys for listening to part one. Hopefully you checked out part one of the series. This is going to be part two, 37 through one greatest point guards of all time. A lot of people have different opinions on where the great point guards should lie, who are the best ones, who are the ridiculous. We're getting a really, we're getting in the era of, man, this guy is a star, superstar. This guy changed this franchise. This guy's a multiple NBA champion. These these guys are getting high level. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be hard. It was hard to break down who's we're going to have where, but we're going to have fun talking to you guys about it. Are you ready for this, Chris? I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris is going to be not as excited because I'm going to do the first one for him because I already know he doesn't want to talk about him. Not at all. He oh, hates this player so much. It's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is here at 37. Uh, we all know Ben Simmons, the Mr. I can't shoot a free throw. Uh, Mr. I, for some reason, can't make a layup around the rim being guarded by Trey Young. He has a lot of mental deficiencies. Let's just be <laughs> honest and open about it. That's <laughs> Uh, but it's it. What's the re, what his gifts are is are absolutely ridiculous. Six foot ten, ridiculous athlete, ridiculous passer, a phenomenal finisher at the rim. We all know on a on a terrible team like the Rockets, if you took all the great young players off that team, it just said Ben Simmons go average twenty five ten and ten. He could if they just spaced out and shot and just let him attack the rim all day. Um. So yeah, because of that, he's here. Uh, it's so sad because this guy has the gifts to be magic-like. You know what I mean? This just ridiculous. He could be a top five point guard of all time. It's just what is he? But yeah, yeah, Chris, what do you think about your favorite player, Ben Simmons? <clears throat> well, if you listen to our other podcast, the Ben Simmons Problem, and maybe even many other podcasts, I'm always shitting on this guy because I'm I'm gonna use <laughs> the words that I want to use now. I'm always <laughs> shitting on this guy, and I'm continuously shit on this guy. But for right now. I'm going to get into the shitting later, but I'm going to give him a little bit of praise first. So when he came into the league, he was supposed to be like, everybody, like, they threw a quick title out there. They was like, oh, he's the next LeBron. And mm-hmm. I looked at him, I was like, okay, now you have to live up to it. Everybody who comes mm-hmm. in, first, before before LeBron, you know, everybody, every new player who came in, is like, oh, he's the next MJ. He's the next MJ. Mm-hmm. He's the next MJ. Now LeBron's at the peak of the NBA. Now you have to look at the next, who's going to be the next LeBron. Ben Simmons was supposed to be that. He had the passing ability. He had the quickness. He had the build. He had the frame. He had the size. He had the shooting at first. Then he lost yeah. it. He had the confidence at first. 
then he lost it. Yeah. It's just like he has the the abilities, but it's just like I mean, he has the intangibles, he has the abilities, but it's just like he can't execute anymore. It's, it's definitely yeah. a confidence problem that he's dealing with. So hopefully, maybe this season in the Shanghai Sharks, possibly he <laughs> might you know figure things out, um, <clears throat> and you know get back to dropping fifty points or something. However you want to do against you know in China, but uh, yeah, I just I don't like this guy. I don't respect him that much because I just feel like he's not, he's not, he doesn't have any work ethic. I know it's supposed to be celebrating him right now, but I just can't because I don't like him. He's like my, he's my least favorite player of all time. And he's just, just, I don't want to keep going on and on. Go ahead, Darren. (laughs) Well, the guy has taken more three point shots on his Instagram than he has in his NBA career. I can tell you that. The guy, the guy, the guy, the guy is a great defensive player and a great like. Yes, I, he's a great defensive player, but the guy can't shoot. I don't understand on why players just leave him alone. Just leave him outside when he's just don't let him drive, and he can't really. Mm-hmm. If he's not fast breaking, he's pretty useless. And towards the like mm-hmm. fourth quarter, he can't even hit free throws now. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of. I don't know if it's mental or I don't even know how he even got in the league without shooting. Like I don't I don't understand like on how he, he's six ten. He I guess he's a great defensive player, but now he's a liability down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Now he can't mm-hmm. hit free throws, and if you saw him in the playoffs, he he missed that wide open dunk. Even in Canada, we saw that and we thought he was a. I'm trying not to swear, but being a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like he was like if you guys see that like he was wide open. And he just went up and just tossed it away. So I think he's going to have to have a big comeback season. He's going to have to hit a jump shot. Like, he's going to have to get a jump shot. Or some team's going to have to be like, hey, listen, you know what? You got this big contract, but we're going to send you down to our, like, G League or whatever until you get a jump shot to make a point, and we'll bring you Mm -hmm. up. Just to make Mm -hmm. a point. Just be like, hey, man, you have to get this. Like, it's been four. I think it's going on five years now. Mm -hmm. So... And it's a big difference between can't and refuses to. He refuses to shoot. He he probably works on the shot, but his confidence level isn't high enough right now for him to believe in the fact that he possibly can shoot. All we see, yeah. they, 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 they throw him in the gym, put the camera on him and say, shoot a three. And he's like, oh, knock down. Okay, now do that in a game. Because if yeah. you do this in a game, now we don't, now they have to respect your jumper. Yeah. They have to respect you. The fact of the matter is that we have point guards all over the league, very highly skilled point guards who don't have half the things that Ben Simmons have and are still able to thrive. You have six, you're sixteen. You have the ability. You Oof. have the passing ability. You have the size. You have the speed. You have everything. The only thing you're missing is a shot. So now all they have to do now, <clears throat> if you want him to thrive, I'll tell you the perfect situation where he can thrive at. You have to put him in a space where he can attack and kick out and shoot. But that doesn't work yeah. in Philadelphia because you know what you have down low? You have Joel Embiid, who is the best yeah. player on that team, and he has to have the post to operate. You cannot turn him into a three-point shooter. That's where you break him. He's a center. He's a traditional center. He's a dominant center. He's probably the most dominant center in the league right now, besides Giannis, and then Jokic as the most skilled center. But now you have Ben Simmons, who runs down the lane full speed at Joel Embiid, forcing him to be a three-point shooter because what are you going to do now? You gonna collide every time? Yeah. No, you have to. You have to. You have to put him in an ideal situation. And Philadelphia is not the situation for him. We have. We have seen this. It feels like to me that 
at the point in time where they first thought that, hey, you guys, in our great minds of basketball in Philadelphia, psych. <laughs> this may not work. We may not need to trust the process. We may need to get Ben Simmons out of here. Let's ship him off. Instead, they let him play and play and play, and his stock just went down and down and down. And now they can't trade him for a bag of pe- for a bag of peanuts. Well, I don't think they're going to get much for him this season if he does play. I don't know what he's going to do mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. I think they're going to have to get rid of him by maybe All Star break. But he's not really. There's no that. no teams really want him. I don't. Yeah. There's not much of a trade value for him if he can't hit shots. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You see, Giannis is improved. I know it's just preseason, but he's knocking down threes. He can. You know, I remember. I remember it like okay, yeah, he takes like ten seconds to shoot a free throw, but he's at least trying. You yes. see the improvements over the years. Yes. You see him go from a skinny guy when he first came into the league. Now he's like jacked and running full speed down the court. You see the changes. You see the fact that, hey, he's putting in work. We see differences. We see the same Ben Simmons every year, and they expect us to get hyped yeah. about it. We can't. We can't anymore. I'm not even a Philly fan, but as a Philly, but if I was a Philly fan, I would be saying what they're saying. Get them get the hell out of here. I'd be, send, I'd be sending them down to the G League and get them, down, get them some jump shots and stuff like that. But – I guess we'll see what happens this year. If yeah. he plays. If he plays, we'll see. He's supposed to. Yeah. <clears throat> In China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, All right, Chris, what do you think about number 36? Oh, number 36? Yep, oh, you okay. got it. Oh, so this is one of my favorite players. We have Ja. Ja Morant. Ooh. So it's going to be fun to see how much this guy rises on his list as time goes on. He would be lower on this list if he wasn't for him losing his mind in the playoffs, like dropping 47 points in the game. It's no fluke. He did it very consistently in the playoffs. This guy's ability to dunk and have springs for legs is probably in top five all-time vertical leapers from the point guard position. He isn't laterally gifted like the Pete Rose, but he is very vertically gifted and extremely fast. He is a sneak, a streaky three-point shooter, not extremely consistent, but very good for the mid-range, understands floaters, understands leverage and how to expose defenders and attack the basket. It's very gifted in the area, in that area, which makes up for a lot of his flaws, puts an effort on the defensive end, but he's not some defense, defensive minded player, really great assist man, seven to eight assists a game, really understands the open man, passing it to him, makes the right passing stuff of that nature. It's really gifted in that area. It's really hard to not have a guy who's averaging 30 and eight in the playoffs, in a playoff series, even though he's only 22. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's a he's definitely uh, didn't he win rookie of the year also? I think so. I think he, he did. Won, <laughs> he did win rookie of the year, I believe. He won rookie of the year. I think that's he was draft class with Zion, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. so he beat yeah. Zion as rookie. Yeah, no, Zion. He uh, definitely he's a definitely a scorer. He showed that in the playoffs. I don't know. I think we'll see what happens with him in the uh, with this season. I think his contract's running up at the end of this year, so it should be interesting to see on on if he's going to be going somewhere, or staying with with the the Grizzlies there. I hope he stays. Yeah, I'm yeah. Really getting, yeah. I'm really, I hope he stays there and they build around him, get some other yeah. get some other players because he's definitely mm-hmm. a talent. That's facts. Yeah. He came from Duke. He came from Duke, correct? I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think it's no, Morehead Murray State. State. Murray State. Mor- Murray State. Yeah, Murray, Murray State. State? Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, I know he's definitely uh I remember watching him in the uh he was in the playoffs there and he was going off. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So we're going to kick it to another guy that was losing in his mind in the playoffs recently, Jamal Murray. Yeah. Uh, this guy would be much higher on his list if his fatal flaw of not being much of a passer was not being hidden by Jokic. <laughs> Um, he's more of a phenomenal scorer, but he is really draw jumping with his creativity, finishing around the rim. Remember that spin he did in mid air and then just finished? Like it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, he's a walking f- potential fifty point game in the playoffs. Which, I mean, when you're doing that in the playoffs, it's it's so insane. He doesn't seem to like the ability to do what he does in the playoffs consistently in the regular season. But yeah, he he hits three level score really ridiculously, just gifted with the ball in his hands. Um, he's just got he doesn't have one move either. It's not like he's just got one set of moves. This is like move after move after move after move. He's he's ridiculous. So yeah, what do you guys think about Jamal Murray? Well, he was doing good up until he got the ACL injury. I thought they were going to actually do something in the playoffs there with uh, Yo- with uh, Jokic there winning the MVP. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping this year with his ACL. Healed, he comes back and they make a run in the uh, in the playoffs. <clears throat> and I hope he stays yeah. in Denver too. I think he signed a contract there for a while. But yeah, I, I think he's getting paid. Jokic and him and and uh, they got a good DJ. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, they They're going to be getting a nice base around them. So <laughs> I see them making like he's already he's a good scorer. So I guess we'll see what happens this year when he gets back from his ACL injury. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Hope he gets back from his ACL injury even, you know, close to what he was like last year and even the year before because, oh, my God, he was dominating. And it was just yes. so quietly because, you know, nobody was really expecting the Nuggets to, like, pop out like they did. And even in the bubble and then going on to last year when Jokic went in the MVP, I mean, that's big for that team, especially mm-hmm. moving forward. Now, you you know, you just solidify – I mean, you just um, nail down MPJ now, and he's a guy who can turn into something crazy in the next couple years. So they're, they're definitely – on the on the rise right now, yeah, it was definitely a, a big blow with Jamal Murray. I'll just say uh, Jamal Murray when he t- tore his ACL because Canada's national team needed him to make the Olympics. So when he went down, it was basically it for the uh, national team. Wow, they almost okay, they sense. almost they almost made it, but they if they had Jamal Murray, they would have made it no problem. But he was a big yeah. blow to their national team. So I, I'm yeah. excited to see him come back this season. Yeah, that, did Wiggins play for the national team, or is he trying? Yeah, to? he he no, he did. But, uh, <clears throat> he played good, but it was just that you can't just throw a bunch of NBA players together and then be like, "Hey, listen, work together for like three or four weeks, and then try to make the the uh, the Olympics." Yeah. When, inter- when international teams, I've been over there. International teams have players that they that they get from like high school or preschool, and they play together for high school and everything and then they play pros so it's it's different here Mm, quick question speaking of international teams which international team did you play for i played in uh for it's called science city yena it's in yena Mm. germany it was in the pro it was in the pro a germany league so Mm. so yeah no it was it's different over there i played uh in the same year, I played over in Europe. So when you when I went to Europe, it was like playing basketball. You know, just playing basketball. You play basketball. You come back to the states and you play in the states. It's more politics than this basketball. You go mm-hmm. to Europe, you're playing ball. You're playing ball. It's more in the states. It's more like hype and all this stuff. It's it's crazy here. I I, I prefer to play basketball more in Europe than mm-hmm. uh, than watching it in the states. It takes away the politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, but NBA basketball is, is still top notch anywhere in the yeah. planet. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, who's next? Right. Who do we got next? All right. Chris? Uh, let's see who we got. <clears throat> so, at number 34, we have Swipe of the Fox, De'Aaron Fox. A lot of people may think an average player on a good team or inflated stats, but that's the opposite of the reality. He is a world-class sprinter with speed. He's really good. It's just a just to be gifted with his feet. He's not world-class. He's not extremely explosive laterally like a Derrick Rose, but a straight line speed, especially, is a really great ability attacking the rim because of this, and he mixes that with taking good angles, and it makes them unstoppable at attacking. The basket and has a very good layup package at the rim, especially when it came. I mean, what he had came into the NBA, but what, now he has the ability to create a mid-range shot off the dribble, the ability to make really great passes out of the pick and roll. He's a very good passer. He's not an all-time great one, but he's very good in creating the three-point range to hit threes down, knock threes down, and leads to a really great point guard using okay defender. He was he has the ability and the potential to become great, but on the right but on the right night basis, he's okay. Night to night basis, he's okay. Uh, I think he's going to be a definitely up and coming uh, point guard in the NBA if he's just started playing in the NBA. If he, if he, I, from what I've seen on his thing, there he's averaging eighteen and six, which is mm-hmm. pretty good for a rookie. So I think he's just going to be going up from, and I hope he stays with Sacramento. I have you can't I haven't watched a lot of him play because it, the Martin you don't watch a lot of Sacramento games. The, they don't have a lot mm-hmm. of Sacramento games on, so you don't watch them much other than the highlights, but. I remember when he came into the league and he was and he started playing for Sacramento. He started getting a, a name for himself, but unfortunately, the team he plays for is not the greatest. Yeah, so, last I'm year gonna... he dropped a uh, twenty-five and seven. Go, keep on going. Sorry. <clears throat> oh no, that's fine. Like twenty-five and seven playing for Sacramento, all he needs is some guys that can work with him and they can turn into a playoff team if they keep him. If he's averaging yeah. twenty-five and seven right now, he's going to start doing a lot better. Wait, and he's only 22, you said? 22? I think. Probably 23. I think he's 20. 20 or 23. He's 23. He's 23 years old. So he's 23, averaging 25. He's going to start putting up bigger numbers as he starts getting uh, into his prime there. Yeah. yeah. The problem with Sacramento is the front office. Yeah, yeah. the whole – and, the, like, just the whole thing, man. They need to, like, just clean house. Yep. Yeah, Vlade's got to go the whole yeah. – yeah. They've been drafting really poorly there for a long time. Or he finishes up his contract. Fox. Yeah, or he finishes up his contract or he gets, and he gets out of there. Yeah, so. he could be a second fiddle on a great team right now. Mm-hmm. I think the 76ers would be better if they had him instead of Ben Simmons. Yeah. Even they could trade him to Sacramento and just take – and Ben Simmons can just have the team he wants, right? So – yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't personally. I don't think Ben Simmons is with that Philly with the Philly crowd with him coming back. I don't think he's going to be that there much longer. They don't like quitters yeah. like that. So I think he's going to be getting uh, shredded here. I don't think he's going to be in Philly much longer. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Alrighty, so we're going to kick it to number thirty-three. Somebody who's not playing in this area era, but has a son playing in this era. Uh, Tim Hardaway. Uh, oh, yeah. He. Looks like a guy who naturally puts on muscle. Really great crossover. Like, it's definitely the highlight of his game where everything starts. Very good athlete. Good body build. Leads to being very good finishing around the rim. Really good three-point shooter. Uh, tough shot maker. Great passer. Finish around the basket. 
uh, five-time all all NBA, five-time All Star. Is yeah, he's peaking out around. I mean, Jesus, like second year in the NBA, he's averaging twenty-two, and he does it for multiple seasons. It's just it's a very impressive player. It's a little surprising how little he gets talked about. Uh, from the 90s and the 80s from point guards. But, yeah, Tim Hardaway. What do you think about Tim Hardaway, Darren? Oh, Tim Hardaway, if you think about Tim, uh, back in the day, it was Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and uh, Chris Mullen. Yeah. Then. <laughs> and he had the uh, – it was his crossover set the uh, the standards for basically all the up-and-coming point guards. It was the killer crossover, I remember it. And it was something yeah. that was fierce when he, uh, when he did it. And he started uh, – I remember he played for Golden State. And then he mm-hmm. got traded to uh, Miami, and he played with um, Morning and uh, Dan Murray. Yeah. And he had a – it was a pretty good team. Pat Riley was the coach. Yeah. And then I think after that, it pretty much went downhill for him. He got uh, traded off some bunch – I think he played, like, in in Orlando. I remember he playing yeah. in a bunch of, like, teams after that. But I know in, like, Golden State Miami, he's uh, – he was top-notch. Yeah. He definitely had that three-point jumper. Like, he was one of those guys off the dribble that he could, like, dribble it off the dribble and pop the three, pop a two, take you to the yeah. hole. He could drive it to the hole, bring all the defense in and pop it out to uh, to Richmond or Mullen. So, yeah. It, he's not a Hall of Famer, is he? Uh, I don't know. I'd be surprised he be. he's not. He should be a Hall of Famer. He might not be. Hardaway. Oh. Well, just a couple quick stats. Um, oh, it looks like he made it. Uh, no, he didn't make the All Star, or he made the. Uh, he didn't make the Hall of Fame. Wow! He, it looks like he is twenty twenty one. He made the Hall of Fame this year. Hey, okay, cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he definitely needs to be there. Yeah, hundred percent. Chris, what do you say? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, his killer crossover! Like we're talking about crossovers here. He set the standards for like crossing over and doing everything. Like you see, like Allen Iverson doing his crossover. This is the guy that did it back in the day. Like, would literally, like, if you get a chance, anyone listening to this, get a chance, go on YouTube and just go Tim Hardaway killer crossover, and you'll you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. unreal. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I feel like were you going to say something or not? Yeah, just that's just a couple quick stats. Um, seventeen point seven points for his career. 8.2 assists for the career, um, five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, and 1989-1990 All-Rookie team. Definitely legit. Like yeah. He was yeah. definitely a uh, top point guard back, uh, definitely a top five point guard when he was playing in, in, his, in the uh, Golden State era. Yes, 100%. <clears throat> All right, Chris, you want to kick it to 32? Yep, so we have Darren Williams. And they play for Utah. He played for the <laughs> Nets. <laughs> he played for the Cavs. You need like a horse tranquilizer or something or something going on here. Right. <laughs> must, must, must be after the buffet you just ate. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. This guy, he uses his size a lot. He's a naturally bigger body, which probably caused him to flame out younger than what normally is for point guards. Yeah, good attacker over the basket, mid-range shooter. He can create off the dribble a little bit. He's not super consistent with it. He's not – he's a streaky shot reader. I mean, 
I guess he's that's the best way to say it. It's a great, great passer. He has a sister legit. Like he's not his passing is very gifted. He's top twenty, top twenty five greatest passes of all time. Something along those lines. He is a negative on defense. He has a good understanding of the pick and roll, what decisions to make out of it, and that creates a lot of his offense. Very good, tough shot maker in his prime. In his prime, and when he was younger, he had decent speed, so he could still finish at the rim and attack the rim with consistency. He played for the uh, Nets, didn't he? he yeah, yeah after the Jazz. Jazz. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was definitely uh, a great. A good basketball player playing for the Jazz, and then he got traded to the Nets there, and he started blowing up there. And then after that, he played on the uh, Olympic team, I think. And yeah, I think, I think he played on the Olympic team. And I don't yeah. think does he, he doesn't play anymore, does he? No. Yeah, flamed out really young. Yeah, so I yeah. think he got the big contract. He played for the Olympics, and I think that was really about it. Yeah, he was drafted with CP3 in the same draft. Yeah, and uh, then he, he played yeah. in Utah, and then he uh, – yeah, then he played in Brooklyn, and then he – that was – it seems like he went to Dallas and then Cleveland. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, he was with Dallas. That's when they were trying to find, like, good passing point guards. I think Rondo played for the Dallas Mavericks for a year or two. Yeah. And they were trying to figure, figure it out there. But, yeah, it's, it's a sad reality that I think a lot of NBA players may not realize. When you're young – you think that you like you have the world, you know what I mean, the, at the tip of your fingers. And he seems like one of those guys that probably thought, oh, I'm going to be what I am in Utah for the rest of my career. But he just doesn't – like a guy with a body like that as a professional athlete is just he, – he's probably not working at the highest level that he could have been, and he probably sh- could have been had – a, had a p- longer peak. So, yeah. Oh, no, he was <clears throat> definitely good. He was definitely good. Yeah. 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 Uh, Chris, do you have anything else you want to say about De'Aaron Williams before we kick? I kick it to thirty-one. Now go ahead. All right. So this is a uh, NBA legend, Hall of Famer, NBA champion, uh, Clyde Frazier, uh, six foot four, Mister Cool. His his size allows a lot of his game. Um, he's a really solid passer, phenomenal defender with six foot four. When you're like that great defender, he's definitely a dominant, like a legitimate dominant force at the point guard position defending. Uh, he's not an otherworldly break you off the dribble kind of guy, but literally, if you watch him on YouTube, it's literally all mid range post up fadeaway. Like it's just, he literally does the same thing. He just posts the point guard in the mid range on the wing and just shoots it. And it was, it's just, it's butter for him, and it must you know must work really well. It's kind of like the the moves that you see Luca kind of have in the mid range, where he'll post and step through if the shooter uh, jumps. You know what I mean? It's just it's kind of like that. So yeah, what do you guys think about Clyde Fraser here at thirty one? Didn't he? Uh, did he play for the Knicks? Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. Did I m- mistakenly not say that? No, 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 like yeah, no. He was uh, he and he won an, and he won an NBA champion. He won two NBA championships. I did. Didn't he get injured? Yeah. Did, Chris, you okay there? You trying to break out? And uh... <laughs> didn't didn't uh, Walt Frazier? Didn't Walt Frazier? Uh, something happened to him and uh, he got injured or something like that. And he came out. Uh, he came back during the game and they won the the championship for the New York Knicks. I think you might be right. I forget what exactly it is though. Yeah. But he was definitely uh, 
like he was definitely a defensive threat. He won the seven. He won it seven times. The all he was on the all defensive team. He won the rookie. Yeah. He won the. He was a rookie, all rookie, and just even yeah. winning like a two two MVPs too, seven time All Star. Yeah, man, really impressive player here. He's yeah. definitely uh, in his average too, eighteen and six. Definitely, uh, he was definitely the cornerstone of the Knicks there for a bit there, and then I think yes. he. Uh, I don't. I don't think he went anywhere after the Knicks, did he? Oh, he went to Cleveland. Yeah, late in his career, yeah. Yeah, that was towards like the end, though. But he, he was definitely a Knicks up until the last three seasons of his career. So, and I think it's and I think his uh, jersey is retired at, on the uh, in the stadium. I think. I'd be extremely surprised if it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, need to sue New York if it's not. Right. Definitely. Need Chris, to sue do you have New anything? York. Do you have anything you want to say about uh, Clyde Fraser? No, you can go ahead and move on to the next person. Uh, well, you actually have the next person. Oh, okay, cool. this one. So for number thirty, we have John Wall, a really great passer, multiple time ten assist guy. His ability to attack the rim due to his extremely gifted speed is where his greatness begins. He might legitimately be top five passes point, top five fastest point guards ever to live. He's in the conversation. He has good finishing ability around the rim. It's not a weakness. Um, at all, good mid-range pull-ups, mid-range shots. His three-point shot can be extremely streaky, and most of the time is not that good. He is an okay defender, and he is a terror on the fast break. His transition abilities are amazing. He's got one of the fattest contracts ever, too. Like he's making like oh three million dollars a year. Yeah, no, he was good. He was good with Washington, and then yeah. got, and then he got injured. Like he was great. He's probably one of the fastest NBA players I've seen compared to Westbrook for going up and down the court. He's a scorer, definitely. But after he got ACL injury, he went to Houston. He sort of just went downhill a bit. Like He hasn't been up to the the same standards. So I I don't know where he is now. I don't know if they let him go or if he's still in Houston. I think he's with with Houston, I think. If he's still in Houston. If, yeah. he's still, if he's still in Houston, I hope they find him a team that he can play with and he can come back. Because I thought he was yeah. going to come back with Houston, but I guess it didn't work out. But yeah. he was amazing yeah. in, in Washington. A great scorer. Yeah. He was fast. Yes. Yeah. Just extremely gifted foot speed. Yeah. Definitely described him well, Chris. All right. I'm going to kick it to number 29 here. Uh, Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups. Uh, this is a guy that has stats that don't even come close to describing how good he is. So basically, he's never scored more than 20 points per game. But if you just use your eye test, it's it's definitely he's definitely at a different level than that. Uh, very high basketball IQ guy. Really understands the game of basketball. Great passer. Five-time All-Star. He was also the MVP when the Detroit Pistons won the NBA Finals. So this guy at peak is really great NBA championship level point guard. Can shot create, finish around the rim. He's a bigger body. So yeah, Chauncey Billups here, 29. Well, I remember him from the Detroit when he was playing against the Lakers there. When he was having Rashid, he had Ben Wallace, he had Rip, and uh, they actually had a pretty good bench. Uh, they had uh, Prince on the bench there. It's Tayshawn Prince. Tayshawn Prince, yep. but he's better known for when he was playing in, in Detroit. So, yeah. 
but he had a good he was a good point guard coming down like you said he didn't average over 20 points which shows you that he was just coming down and setting up the offense first and not worrying about him second just worrying about himself uh secondly right so but i think the guy will uh and he's a hall of famer right now or no i think so i'd be highly it'd be crazy if he's not i know i know he's coaching right now i think he's coaching in portland though yeah yep so it should be a matter of time yeah, but but he was amazing. He was amazing. I think he won a um, did he win a uh, Finals MVP also? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is rare to do, right? So I remember no. when he came he came into the league and he was playing for uh, Boston and Denver. Yeah. Yeah, I know in Detroit that was basically his this hot run there when he was playing in Detroit when he won championships there. Yep, a hundred percent. Chris, do you have anything about Chauncey before you kick it to the next person? Yeah, a couple quick stats. So, um, average about 15.2 points per game for his career, 5.4 assists, two times all defensive player. Um, no, two time all defensive, uh, three time all NBA, and five time all star. And also, well, is with the 2004 NBA champ and finals MVP that year. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a player that's way better than the stats. <clears throat> All right, Chris, you have the next player. All righty, so 28. number twenty-eight. Yep. So twenty-eight, we have Kevin Johnson. This guy is extremely gifted passer. He's not extremely flashy with it, but he's really great with angles and getting his players with really good looks and attacking the basket, breaking down the defense a lot, like a modern point guard, where their pressures puts on the rim also adds to their passing. He's really good at that and finding the open man really good at understanding pick and roll, pick and pop, exposing a phenomenal mid-range shooter, and also a really great athlete. Has a pretty good ability to dunk and trap this. That's impressive. A lot of people try to take that away from him in the 90s because he was so good at it. So he just shot around the defense. You know, I'm a really solid player, good defender too, so very underrated. I remember him playing for Phoenix. I remember him playing in the playoffs yes. and throwing it on Hakeem Olajuwon. He dunked it like over him. It was like he rode mm-hmm. him like a rode him like a horse on one of those dunks. He was definitely the epitome of the uh, Phoenix Suns back in the day. Yeah, amazing point guard. He could do it off the dribble. He could shoot, but man, he was explosive when he went to the rim. Yeah, great yes. point guard. Yeah. Yeah, very good pass. I mean, a very good athlete. Yeah, it's the, definitely the first thing that jumps out to you when you watch him play is his athleticism's off the charts. Yeah. And if you guys don't remember, like he was the guy that first came out with those Converse shoes, right? Like with the gel and all oh, that stuff. Really? Yeah, he was the guy that came out with the Converse shoes. Yeah, I remember. That's buying cool. Them. Yeah, he would. He was the guy that made the started making Converse sort of like hmm. cool again. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, he's he's an innovator. He's a yes, he yes, trailblazer in his field. <laughs> exactly, yes. most definitely. Yes. All right, <clears throat> all right. We're gonna kick it to number twenty-seven from one Suns point guard to another, Paul Westfall. I mean, the thing to realize about this guy is he's six foot four. At least a lot of his advantage. Not a great three-point shooter, but obviously he's playing in the seventies, so not many people are. Um, he's what he's really special is attacking the basket, putting pressure at the rim, very unique finisher at the rim, finishing with different angles. Um, it reminds you of like a modern point guard, how great his finishing package 
is. I don't even think Rudy Gobert could stop it. Uh, his p- creativity with his passes are super unique. He just has a natural feel for the game of basketball. A really good mid-range shooter, post fadeaways. Uh, he could hit pull-up mid-range shots. And it's just really great mid-range score mixed with a really just natural feel for the game of basketball passing-wise. Uh, it just leads to a really great player. Um, so, yeah, Paul Westfall here is peaking out around 24-6 and six, uh, points per game. Actually, no, my bad, 25-5. and five. And then next year he had 24 and 6. So, yeah, this guy is in the Hall of Fame. Um, I think he played in the NBA. He carried his team to the NBA Finals once. I don't know if he won or not, but yeah, yeah this win. guy's ridiculous. He did? Yeah. Yeah, very good player. What do you guys think about him? Well, he's won one NBA uh, championship, so he's pretty good. And he also is yeah. a five time, from what I've seen, he's a five time All Star for All NBA. And he averaged 15 and 4. So that's mm-hmm. pretty good. He played with the Phoenix Suns. I didn't really watch much of him when I was when I was coming up and, and whatnot. But from what I and he also uh, went from a player to coach, which is rare. You don't see that much yeah. in the NBA where you play in the NBA and then you get to go and coach. I don't think yeah. a lot of NBA players do that these days. So yeah, he, he was definitely uh, a great basketball player. Yeah. And he had some career highs too. Like he was at, he he had a career high of 48, 49. Ridiculous. Yeah, like he could score. Yeah. Chris, what do you think of him? Yeah, definitely one of the um, greats. Uh, loved watching this guy on the on the YouTube, even though he did drop like 39 points against the Cavaliers. Um, <laughs> that one's dunk. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a leader in his own right. Great finishing ability and mid-range shooting. Yeah. All right, Chris, you can kick it to number 26, a Cleveland Cavalier. Great. Oh, my God. That's my favorite Cavalier <laughs> besides LeBron. <laughs> so we have Mark Price. This guy is very gifted. He is not a freak of nature athletically, but kind of like Steve Nash and John Stockton. He has enough foot speed to attack the rim and finish. He's a good finisher around the rim. He's really good at splitting double teams or splitting the pick and roll. If there's too much space, which wasn't really seen much back then or is the creator of it, I guess you could say his passing ability is elite. Is probably top 20, top 25 greatest pass of all time. Really feel, really great feel for how to get the boss open man, the fundamental passes, the tough passes. He has all different variations and levels. He's really good at finding great angles and creating angles for great passing, and that's part of his gifts. He's also a phenomenal shooter, like legitimate 40%, over 40% three-point shooter. Um, he's... He's legit. It's stamped. <laughs> he is a three-point shooting. It's not extremely tough shots, but most of it is tough. He's peaking out around 17 and 10. His points per game can lead somebody to not really realize how good of a scorer he is. If he would have been playing today, he probably would have averaged 24, 25, and 10, something like that. Like He's pretty good at steals, which most really smart basketball players are, but it is a lack of athleticism laterally makes some of not an amazing defender against really athletic players. But, yeah, he's a really special and really, really special shooter. Um, shot reader, passer, he has it all. Also, one thing I did notice when he was in, when I was watching the um, film for him when we were doing research was that, oh, man, he just cuts through the defense, like, just effortlessly. Yes. Like, he's so quick, and that crossover mm-hmm. is so quick that he's just, like, he can do whatever he wants on the court, and I just – that was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And his free throw shooting too, like he was an amazing free throw shooter. I think he's probably the best free throw shooter of all time. 
Like, he was amazing at the free throw line. I th- I think he's in the nineties multiple times. Yeah, yeah. like he didn't he he did not miss from the free throw. Yeah. Like uh, Chris was saying, he was an amazing shooter. Like you, you could see him like when you guys are talking about his on the tape. Like he would find ways to come off picks and get open shots or create uh, gaps for himself to shoot. Like I thought, like for sure he should be definitely in the top thirty here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Mark Price is definitely, um, you know, there's a few point guards that are leading into the modern guard, and he's just one of them because we want our modern guards to be good passers, to create off the dribble, to be shot creators, to be great shooters, and he he epitomizes all those types of things. So, yeah, Mark Price is very underrated here. Uh, uh, So, yeah, we're going to kick it to number 25. We're going to have a guy that, honestly, it's mostly a one-season wonder with this guy. Uh, but it's one season of greatness. Actually, it's a two-season wonder, but one season is really special. Isaiah Thomas, not the Detroit Pistons one. I want to say that before anybody gets lost with this, turns off the podcast. Um, <laughs> he's probably the best, greatest player ever to be shorter than Tiny Archibald. I mean, he's like five. He's probably like five eight, five nine. Um, but he, what he does is absolutely ridiculousness. Uh, he averages like twenty nine points per game. Was like third in the MVP voting that year. Uh, what he does with his ability to finish at the rim, the ability to create mid range shots. Every shot for him is a tough shot. So he's a ridiculous tough shot maker. Uh, his passing is below average, and obviously he can be exposed defensively, but. His gifts with scoring are just so absolutely ridiculous, and it's you know it's shown by the fact that he carried a team that didn't really have any other stars to the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah, what do you guys think about Isaiah Isaiah Thomas here, breaking the top twenty five? I thought he played great in Boston. I think he was he was great in Boston when he was uh, when they had the little playoff run and stuff like that. He was a great shooter. Definitely, uh, when he come up the court, there he was fast. But he sort of blew it when uh, trying to renegotiate his contract. I think they offered him a nice sum of money, and he wanted more. And ever since then, he's sort of been a journeyman. Like he was, mm-hmm. he was fairly good with Boston. I wish he would have just stuck around there and just not been greedy. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, Chris, yeah. Do you anything? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Chris is sort of like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was kind of zoned out for a second. Yeah, okay. definitely, definitely one of those guys who's like, you know, you wish they would have stuck around, you know, in the team they were at because you saw, you know, even though they had to hide him and he was a defensive liability, you saw that he was, he had those flashes of greatness. I mean, he put his heart on the floor every single time he stepped on the floor. And you could see that, especially yes. during that season where he was like, where he was almost MVP. I mean, he was like dropping 40 every other night. Like just literally putting his team on his shoulders and carrying them all the way through. And then he yes. got greedy and then he wanted more money. And then the Celtics were like, nah, man, we ain't paying you that. And then free agency hit and he did not get what he was supposed to. And then he was a journeyman. I remember he was playing in Cleveland. I think he played it. Yeah. I think he was, yeah, he was in Cleveland. And then he was playing in the summer league and he's trying to get back yeah. into uh, playing again. Yep. If you're out of the NBA right now, but I mean, to be fair, um, I feel like they should have. I mean, maybe 
you know, been able to maybe talk about it a little bit more with this contract, maybe renegotiate that because from that they offered us something they should have been a little bit more lenient because he did play for them, put his heart on the floor right after his sister died, and he played in the playoffs and dropped like fifty something points that game. Yeah, yeah. So he was willing to put his heart and soul on the floor for the Boston Celtics. I feel like the Boston Celtics kind of double crossed him in a little way because they sent him off, yeah. and then he never been the same since. And they lied to him about his hip injury too. They yeah. didn't tell him how severe it was. Oh wow! Yeah, no, yeah. he's definitely up there. Yeah. All right, Chris, you got number twenty-four. Each one's getting closer to the top ten. Oh, yeah. oh I like ah. this guy too, Baron yeah. Davis. He yes, played sir. for the Hornets, and I think he played for Golden State Warriors, the Redeem team. So yes. first things first, we should really marvel at the athlete here. And this guy must be the most naturally bulky point guard to ever play or is on the list of being top five or something like that. Like, he just has a ridiculous amount of natural muscle. It's not like he's just ripped and really, like, low body fat. You see his muscle. It's like he's legitimately a big human being. He has a great athlete, a force at dunking at the rim. He has a good ability to pass the ball. It's not overly amazing, but he is, you know, kind of flashy with it too. So really good passing, really good creator with the basketball in his hands, attacking the basket, putting pressure on the rim. Never really had a bad three-point shot in his artist in his arsenal. Um he was always a good three-point shooter, except his rookie year. After that, he was always a Good three percent for the rest of his career. He also had post smaller point guards with him, being six three and that muscular, muscular, muscular. He would post a lot of smaller point guards and have them trapped because they couldn't do anything else. So led the league in steals twice. So he's a good defender too. So this guy's well rounded. Probably could have be at his peak points per game is 22.9. If he would have had the offense opened up a little bit more, he probably could have averaged 25 and eight a season. And yeah, he's a legitimate great point guard. One more thing. He also dunked on Andre Karolinko during his redeem team time when they were the eighth seed and they beat the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He posterized him off coming off the baseline side dunk posterized him. He was great in Golden state. Yeah. yeah. He was great in Golden State. I think he played for the Knicks, too, for a little bit. Also played for the Cavs, too, for like a season before yeah, we drafted Kyrie. Yeah. But I think Older. He, was, he was he was definitely a scorer. He could dunk. I remember he would, yeah. he would dunk on – he would go to the hole. You would, have, uh, you would have some troubles just looking up on here and just seeing. He played for – yeah, he played for the uh, – played for the Warriors, the Clippers – yeah, he played for the Knicks. The Knicks was his like last, uh, the last team he played for before he retired. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, he was definitely a uh, scorer. I believe he had some big, big numbers too for uh, game highs. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 just a phenomenal bucket getter, attacker of the basket, really just well-rounded player. It's just really underrated because Charlotte's not a big market. Golden State, they're an A seed. It's just when he was peaking, it wasn't on great teams. So, yeah, Charlotte was like the Charlotte. It was like wasn't like like you said, it wasn't like a big market back then. Great player, though. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Do you want me to kick it to twenty three, Gus? I mean, in the Gus, uh, Chris. We're at twenty three uh, already. Wow, sweet. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. The goats number. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, so 23, we got Gus Williams here. 
Uh, this guy is really underrated player of all time. Why is he's an NBA champion? He's an absolutely phenomenally gifted mid range shooter. He's six foot two. Um, he he is just it, just saying he's phenomenal doesn't really begin to describe how great he is. It's just great at coming off screams, great at finding mismatches with the center and getting a shot off. Uh, his just his mid range was just so unstoppable that nobody could really do anything with it. With all the ways you can just get it go, give a center and go dribble around it and catch it off the ball. He's just really phenomenal at that. He can attack the basket, and he's uh, not an otherworldly athlete, but he's a good athlete. He's a really good steals guy. He's peaking up uh, uh, 20, 23 points per game and really good passer, too, on top of all those things. He's peaking out at uh, 22 and, like, 6, 23 and 6. So, yeah, really great NBA champion here. What do you guys think about Gus Williams? Well, he's an NBA champion. So that's one thing. He won an NBA championship. Definitely two-time. He's a two-time All-Star, two All NBA. I've never heard of the guy before, but he seems like he's decent. He's averaging seventeen points a game. So mm-hmm. he's been in the NBA for eleven years. So yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen this guy play before ever in my life. And his and his nickname yeah. is the Wizard. Which That's, is pretty yeah, cool. It's a great nickname. <laughs> yeah. a, some of these nicknames today have been pretty cool. He's by far, I think, has the best nickname. Yeah. yeah. The wizard. Kind of what kind of uh, kind of game highs does he have here? Oh, he had some 40, 40, 41 games. Yeah. Yeah, he was decent. Yeah. Never seen him before. Chris, do you have any do you have any thoughts on him? Um Chris is looking up basketball reference like I was trying to find out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what I was doing. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, who is this guy? Who is this? Who yeah. Is? I don't know this Russ uh, Williams. Um, yeah. So, he ahead. was a part of that 1979 Supersonics. 1979. Yeah, it is 79. Uh, 69, 79 Supersonics NBA championship run where they just – had a bunch of really good players with no like superstars. And he's just one of those guys. He was a just a really tough shot maker in the playoffs. So yeah. Really it really one of those guys that you didn't I didn't really know much about myself, but he was just really good. Yeah. Chris, yeah. you can go ahead with the stats. Oh, okay. Yep. So we have for his career we have seventeen point one points and five point six assists. We had two time all star, two time all NBA. 1975, 1976, all rookie team. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's played 11 years in the NBA. He's got yeah. some stats on him for sure. Yeah. He scored over 20 points both four times. Wow. Definitely legit. Yeah. This is a grid list. Some of these guys have never heard of before. Never heard of the wizard. Yep. Chris is going Definitely to trying to Chris, Chris <laughs> is going on basketball reference right now trying to find everything right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it on the low. I'm not going with my I'm not holding my phone like this. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep it down low here trying to trying to yeah. trying to figure out but some of these names here are amazing. Awesome. Yeah. What number are we on? That was number twenty three. Now we're about to be in number twenty two. Chris has got it. Oh, it's good. Alrighty. So twenty two, we have World Be Free. 
I like the one of these world names. I guess is where Meta World Peace got his idea from. So, <laughs> really, before his time and his ability to shot create and create mid range shots, he is a really sneaky, athletic. He has even more left athleticism than a modern point guard. Really solid, solid passer. It's not like he's John Stockton or Bob Cousy and overly gifted in the area, but he's solid. His gifts are shot creating. He just has a natural feel for shot for shots at creating angles, drawing fouls. He doesn't have one go-to move. He has a plethora of moves just based on where the opponent is at. He's much more reactionary than a lot of players in the era where they just try to get their, get to their spots and make shots. He's very much a guy who can make a shot anywhere, so that's his gift and his athleticism is special. He's got good speed, too. Really special guy. I've never heard of this guy before ever in my life, so I couldn't even tell. I don't even know if, like, the basketball reference. I think he played for the Knicks. Yeah, he's he's peaking out around 28, 30 points per game in uh, 79 and uh, 80. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 really impressive. Yeah, f- multiple five or six assist guy, really good athlete. Uh, it's a good nickname, Prince of Midair. Yeah, that's when you know you can you can jump. They don't give those nicknames out to John Stockton. So no, absolutely not. No, I don't know much about this guy, and it looks like from what you're saying on there, he seems like he's fairly good. It's just that I've never I've never heard of this guy before. Yeah, well, that's why he's in your Played top on this. Yeah, hundred percent. You know his averages for his career. Let's hear. Twenty point three points per game. I mean, twenty point three points per game for his career and three point wow. seven assists. Oh wow! So more of a score than a than an assist maker. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Well, what number is that now? <laughs> That's 22. We're inching towards the top 20. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting there. Yeah. Yep. All right, so we're going to kick it with number 21 with a uh, modern point guard, uh, Tony Parker here. Uh, really great foot speed. Uh, his abil- his floater game is absolutely r- ridiculous. Um, as he got older, his three-point shot became more consistent. Uh, really solid passer. Not like an extremely gifted in that area, but he's gonna put peak out around a seven assist a game. Uh, he his I think people when you look up his stats, people will not realize how much better he is than the stats because he was playing for Greg Popovich with with Tim Duncan with Manu. Like his the scheme wasn't built around hey Tony go drop twenty five every night so. Yeah, Tony Parker here, really, really gifted player all around, NBA champion four times. What do you guys think about Tony? He had a great jump shot. He was a good guy when he was coming off the pick and roll. And all he had to do was feed it to Duncan, and Duncan would always get double teamed, so he was always open for that wide open shot. And if he didn't, mm-hmm. he would, I remember him, he would always get the wide open shot, and if he didn't take it, he would pass it to another passer for another shot. So he was very unselfish. He, was, uh, he wasn't that, uh, how do you say, I guess, unselfish with the basketball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't selfish. Yeah, selfish. Yeah, I guess he was very selfish with the basketball. So, oh, I, unselfish. Un, my un, bad. Sorry. Yeah, unselfish. Yeah. Yes, I did have the, <laughs> I had the word correct. I was like unselfish. Yes, no, he yeah. was very unselfish with the basketball, which was perfect for the Spurs and uh, and their franchise. Great, yeah. great point guard. Yeah, Chris, what do you think of him? Yeah, Tony Parker was on the perfect team for him because they're a great passing team, the Spurs are. You know, like, always looking for the open man. That's, like, his game right there. 
Um, one thing he was really known for was his floater. Um, and then he, he, the game just came easy to him because when you have a talent, yes. fun, Mr. Fundamental, I mean the big fundamental like Tim Duncan, all you have to do is pass him the ball, and he does the rest for you. So Yeah. He was the perfect player for being uh, unselfish. That was it was a perfect uh, perfect team for him. After that, mm-hmm. yeah. I think he just I don't think he uh, should have went to Charlotte or whatever. He should have just stayed with uh, with Sacramento or not with Sacramento, San Antonio, and just retired yeah. Spurs. Yeah. So, but no, he's a great point guard. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Chris, are you ready to intro the top twenty? Yeah. Oh, Let's know. hear it. Let's go. Ooh, okay. So we have, <laughs> at number 20, we have Jason Kidd. Oh, yeah. The sad truth about Jason Kidd is that he's not much of a shot creator other than finishing around the rim. He doesn't really have much of an offensive scoring game. His gifts are in passing, pushing pace, basketball IQ that applies to the defensive end of the floor, too. He posts a little when there's a little when there's a smaller defender on them on him, but the reality is that his lack of shot creation ability leaves a lot to be wanted. Even a guy like Bob Cousy is more consistent in his ability to attack the rim, I mean, to attack the basket, which is kind of shocking if you would just watch the highlight tapes. You really won't see that, but it's really in, is a reality. So he's a fast break king. He is a great at running offense, the triangle. He's I'm not the, he's not the triangle inf- offense, so the Princeton offense really maximize maximize him as a player because he just such a gifted passer, and we have good teammates around him. He can put them in, even given either even easier looks. So that yeah, he's one of those guys that he's good on. He's good as on your team. Yeah, he's like as good as your team is. Like as if you have good quality players, he makes their shots better. That's what the type. My bad, Chris. Those typos on that one. Yeah, you're fine. It's okay. There's not much. Jason Kennedy played with when he got drafted with Dallas. He was with uh, Grant Hill. I think they won co-rookie of the year. And then mm-hmm. he was he was amazing. His fast when you would you know that when he would get it off the fast break that it would just some magical would happen. Like some of the plays he was doing yeah. back then was just ridiculous. He was a uh, one of those guys that was fast break. Like when you get to, if if that other team opposing team missed and he was getting it on a fast break, you were going to see something crazy. And then he went and played in New Jersey and he played. Uh, he made the finals twice. And he played the Lakers twice mm-hmm. and he lost twice, but still trying mm-hmm. to make, take the New Jersey Nets. He had uh, Kenyon Martin, uh, Van Horn, Richard Jefferson. You had Todd, Todd McCullough. Like you had some of these guys that weren't like big superstars, and he took these guys to uh, to another level. Like he he was a guy uh, I think before Westbrook with the triple double. Like he was dropping yeah. triple doubles crazy. So. Mm-hmm. He's a great player, and he's and I think he's coaching in Dallas right now too. So, another yeah. another player that's uh, coaching, which is rare. Yeah. Great basketball mind. Oh yeah, awesome. He's awesome. Like I think, yeah. uh, very underrated with what uh, yeah. with what he's done. Yeah, hundred percent. He, he he told his player to hit him so that he could get an extra, so he could get time to, to drop a play for the timeout. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like his basketball years, IQ is ridiculous. Go ahead. And that, and that too, and his jump shot. Like over the years, his three point shot was getting better. Mm-hmm. Like he could, yes. If he, if, if you would leave him alone, he's gonna hit it. Like it wasn't like yeah, the greatest yeah. at first. He his jump shot sucked, but when he started playing in New Jersey and then in Phoenix, it started getting better as he was getting older. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just too bad that he. Uh, yeah, he had a great career. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Great All pick. right, we're gonna kick it. 
great kick at the number 19. Uh, great player in the 60s and early 70s, Dave Bing. Uh, he is so smooth. I mean, people may not understand. He's six foot three. Uh, his height adds gifts, but he's a gifted athlete and he has a really good handle. Like, it's before his time. He is like really great. Um, he has a really good pull up mid range shot. So, when you have a great handle, great mid range pull up shot, it's really tough to not be a phenomenal player like he was. Uh, I honestly think he's extremely underrated. He's peaking out around 27. I mean, his second year in the NBA, he averaged 27 and 6. I mean, that's ridiculous. He did that in 1967, 68. Hall of Famer. His stats are absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, what do you guys think about Dave, Bre- Dave Bing? Well, I just saw in the basketball referencing that his career high was 54 points in a game. Jeez. So it seems like he was a big-time scorer back in his day. And with what you yeah. said, he had, he had a good outside-inside game. So it seemed like he had a good good all-around fundamental game. He was a three-time All-NBA, like you said. He was a scoring champ, uh, seven-time All-Star, and All-Stars trying to make All-Star teams are, are tough. And yep. he, also made, he went to the Hall of Fame, so seems like he's uh he's yeah. He went to college in Syracuse, good school. Yep. Yeah, no. He's, uh, he also became the mayor of Detroit eventually. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. He didn't oh well I was yeah, he played in Detroit. I can see why. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's a name that yeah. I haven't heard of either. That's a good one. Yeah. Chris, what do you think of Dave Bing? Yeah, one of the more underrated players on this list. Um, yeah. Just an extremely quick crossover, you know, first step. Um, and a pretty decent, a very consistent mid-range shooter. So he has a good pull-up. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right, Chris, you can intro number 18. Got you. Okay, so we have the one-handed Warner, the one-handed wonder, Bob Cousy. <laughs> he is one of the more interesting players to watch. So it's been a while since he's played, so a guy like this is not really remembered that well. He might have been the greatest player in the 50s or top three greatest in the 50s. What his gifts are is being able to pass the ball at a high level. He's peaking at around mid-20s in points of your game. He's... A uh, better shooter than people probably recognize. Really good mid-range shooter. Can penetrate and go towards the rim and get to the basket. Very creative with his dribble, even though people make fun of him, <laughs> fun of him for not really being able to dribble much with his left hand. It's not like he can't. It's just that if you do watch a live game, you'll see him pound the ball with his right hand instead of the offense. He, he's also extremely creative. It's fun to watch his highlights tape, which is extremely rare for people of that era. You have to really love basketball to kind of get through the blandness of things. And that era is like, he has a really fun watch and creative head fakes, ball fakes, you know, just it's really good to play with the ball in his hands with the creative for others and going to the rim and finishing like it's just a very well-rounded skill set. Uh, really great watch. So yeah, he's deserving the spot. Obviously, he's like eight or nine time champion. His handle is good at the, like with as even if he had the one hand, like his volume for dribbling, like he could dribble it like real slow, but then he'll go like real fast at like, from zero to a hundred. Yeah, so he was mm-hmm. really good at volume dribbling, and I didn't. I you can't find much of his uh, his games because it's back in the fifty. But he was definitely yeah. an, an NBA champion and a legend for the uh, for the Celtics. 
Yeah. It's too bad you can't find a lot of these games and you can watch these guys play because I would yeah. sit down and watch a 50s game. I think the best you can do is watch like little parts of it, of highlights. Mm-hmm. I'd like, to, I'd like yeah. to sit down and see on what they like, they do when they come down the court and how they set up. Yeah. It's just that I think he was, uh, his dribbling, his main attribute for me was his dribbling. Yeah. Uh yeah, this this guy also won the MVP too during the fifties, which is absolutely ridiculous for a point guard. So yeah, really special player. I think he probably peaked out in the fifties and it was getting older in the sixties and just became this. Oh, I'm gonna set up the offense and do less because I have all these great players around me. But yeah, Bob Cousy's very special with the ball in his hands. All right, I'm gonna kick it to number seventeen here. This is a guy that uh, honestly has been underrated for a long time, probably because of the gun incident. It's Gilbert Arenas. His peak was pretty special. Uh, when you score 29 points and then 28 points, two back-to-back seasons, you got to be on the list. Uh, really great three-point shooter, mid-range. He's a taller guy. He's like six foot four, so he'd post smaller point guards. He was really, really fast pre-knee injury. So he made him really great finishing around the rim. He's an okay passer, an okay defender. Saying he's an okay defender is an overstatement. He's pretty bad. Uh, It's a short peak because off the court issues and knee issues, but it was still really special. So what do you guys think about Gilbert Arenas? Well, just like you said, he was a great basketball player until he started doing things off the court with the guns and stuff. He was actually on the at his peak when he was doing that stuff. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. I think he would have had a few more years there. Was probably maybe even won a scoring title. The only thing that he's got to his name is being uh, named the uh, most improved. But with all that mm-hmm. talent, he could have done a lot more, I, I think, with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing I remember about Gilbert Arenas was the one game I watched. He played. Um, they were playing. The Wizards were playing the Cavs, and oh my god, he absolutely cooked them. And I was so mad. <laughs> he, was hitting, he was hitting half court three point shots, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's my one memory from him. And then you go yeah. do stupid stuff off the court so that no team wants to pick you up, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's facts. You're great. He was a good guy. Good good score. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris, Chris, you can kick it to 16. All right. So the international man of mystery, Kyrie. This guy is absolutely ridiculous. He's the greatest point guard finisher at the rim ever. He's the greatest dribbler ever. He's so skilled. It's insane. The score his ability is... He doesn't even try to score too much. Like, he's just trying to be a volume okay. I'm trying to go score... 50 every night type of guy where he could shoot somebody out of the offense. Obviously a phenomenal, phenomenal three-point shooter, the two-gifted shot maker. If we had to do greatest shot creators at the point guard position, he would be top five. It's just his passing leaves a lot to be desired, but he's absolutely ridiculous, and he creates easy opportunities for teammates due to his ridiculous scoring ability. I mean, like, he could just break you down. Yeah. Like, oh, man, that one thing. Like, I think he was falling, and he, like, dribbled the ball around. And then, like, yes. hit, he was hitting, like, fadeaways on Clay Thompson and everybody. He was amazing yeah. when he was playing with uh, LeBron in Cleveland when he when he was yes. playing basketball. But after that, when he started playing with Boston, he was going up and down. Then with Brooklyn now, it's sort of whatever. I think he just yeah. needs to find a team and just start playing basketball again and just stop mm-hmm. with outside politics. 
He's, I mean, his handles are yeah. amazing. Like, even when you watch him last season when he was playing, like, he was dribbling around guys like pylons, just making them look stupid. Yeah. And there's, like, moves that he was doing that you've just never seen before. Like, he's that mm-hmm. good. So he's, like yeah. – but I also respect on what he's doing with the stance with the vaccine and whatnot. If he doesn't want to take it, he doesn't want to take it. And uh, I think people should just respect that and just move forward. And let's talk basketball like we're doing now. Yeah. So I hope he comes back and yeah. plays. I hope he comes back and plays and goes back to old Kyrie because uh, if he wasn't uh, if he wasn't like he was playing with the Cleveland uh, the, the Cavaliers, even with LeBron, wouldn't have a championship uh, without yeah. Kyrie. Yeah. He was one of the main factors on why they they uh, pulled off that uh, upset against the Golden State in Game Seven. Yeah, he's an ultimate clutch shooter too. I mean, he is ice in his veins. No shot is too big for him at all. Ridiculous. And he makes I it look so when, easy. Sorry, he makes it look yeah. so easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chris and I are both Cavs fans, so I'm sure Chris can like resonate with me. We're both born and raised in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like watching him, watching that three one series come back. And him doing all the miraculous things he was doing in that series was legendary. So, yeah, he should. I think he should have his number retired one day. Yeah, if he doesn't stop trying to flip flop, yeah, if he comes back and plays ball and and leads the legacy, yeah, I think he will. But if he's going at the rate now. I don't. I don't see it yeah. happening. Could be so, sad. Yeah, I hope he yeah. get personally. I hope he gets traded out of. Uh, Brooklyn. They don't need those three. They got Harden. They got Durant. Trade him somewhere where he's not going to go and, and and just let him play ball. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to break into the top 15. Oh, yeah. And this guy is a MVP. Uh, sadly, uh, injuries took down his career at a young age. D Rose. Derek Rose was. In my opinion, I don't think I've ever seen somebody as laterally gifted as him. His jump cuts and his ability to hop step was absolutely insane. I've never seen anybody make that hop step as like ridiculously overpowered like he did. Attacks the rim, ridiculous athlete, good enough shooter to not be like, oh, he's Rajon Rondo, just leave him out there. Um you know, a uh, good passer too. So yeah, he he's just so special athletically, and I honestly feel like he's one of those guys that's tough-minded, not like too too high, too low. He seems like one of those guys that if you just meet and talk with him about anything, he just seems like a good dude. So yeah, what do you guys think about D Rose? Well, definitely in Chicago, he was a he was definitely a monster there when he played until his ACL, until yes. he had the ACL injury. Like he was explosive, he had the handles, he could pull up, hit the three. You didn't know what he was an offensive nightmare for his opponents. And then when he tore his yeah. ACL, he was sort of getting back into it again. But now he's with the Knicks, and it looks like he's starting to get back to sort of. I don't think you're going to see that D Rose with that explosiveness anymore. But I think yeah. rather than that, you're going to see a more smarter uh, Derrick Rose. Because if you yeah. watch him play when he was younger, he turned the ball over quite a bit. Now he's sort mm-hmm. of being conservative, conservative with the ball. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him play with the Knicks. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, D. Rose is just a phenomenal, ridiculous athlete. I mean, like you'll never – I mean, like the closest thing we'll probably get to D. Rose probably at his peak was probably be like Russ possibly. Yeah. And like he was the prototype for Russ. He's the youngest MVP ever. I think he wanted to like 21, 22 maybe. I don't, I'm not completely sure, but I know he's the youngest. 
Um, One thing I do remember about D Rose, especially during like his second stint with the, um, I mean, not his second stint, but his first stint with Chicago Bulls after the injury when he met the Cavs in the finals when he hit that shot. Mm -hmm. And it was just stale face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember the bank shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was that was that was a tough memory. Don't bring it yeah. up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't think you're gonna see that explosiveness uh D way or D Rose anymore, but you're gonna see a more mm-hmm. fundamental fundamentally better uh Derek Rose. It's more like a point yeah. guard. You might see him jam and stuff like that, but you're not gonna see him like he was when he was in, in uh Chicago when you if you were yeah. in his way, he's going over you type. Yeah, know? yeah. Good. All right, Chris, you got number 14. Number 14. Oh, we have Gary Payton, the glove. Obviously, we all know that he is an otherworldly defender. He is an underrated athlete. I think people don't really remember how good he was athletically, very fast, good first step, not amazing jumping ability, but good jumper, really athletic and consistent finisher around the rim. He's a very good passer and a pretty good shot creator. All of that leads to a very great point guard. It really is up to preference if you think John Stockton or Gary Payton is better. I personally view three-point shooting as one of the more important things a point guard could have. So that's why he may be a little low, but compared to John Stockton, he's a very special player. Well, Gary Payton, definitely he is a uh, – the guy uh, watching him play against the Bulls in the NBA Finals. Definitely a defensive uh, threat. He was more defensive, more known for being defensive uh, than his offense. He had a good um, a standing three-pointer. Like, he wasn't like a big jump shooter, but if he was a mm-hmm. good standing shooter. Like, if you would watch mm-hmm. his games when you would see Kevin or Sean Kemp get double teamed or whatnot, you see Gary Payton on the side there, you kick it out. He would just be a spot-up shooter, right? He's not really much mm-hmm. of a off-the-dribble and he, I think the best that he's known for is his trash talking. Like his trash talking oh my gosh. would break yes. you down to where it would be used as a weapon on the court. So yeah. I think he was the godfather of the trash talk. Yeah. I feel like that's a that's yeah, very very, very true. Yeah, his trash talking is first rate. Uh yeah, Gary Payton was really good at creating off the dribble and finishing at the rim offensively. So, yeah, this guy is very deserving of 14. These point cards are getting ridiculous. They're all superstars at this point in time. So, mm-hmm. Chris, are you ready to kick it to 13? Yep, the greatest point guard of all time. <laughs> John Stockton. Oh, my God. Here at 13, a great shooter. A world class passer. He he's top five best passers of all time. Um, all, he's the all time steals leader, assist leader. His basketball IQ translated to the defensive end with being able to read passing lanes and jump them. Uh, just really, just an Iron Man with the way he played. Such a long term guy. Um, he's. I think his scoring numbers will never describe how good of a scorer he is. But yeah, we have John Stockton here at thirteen. What do you guys think of him? Definitely the guy that started creating the pick and roll with Carl uh, Malone there. Like mm-hmm. what you see now, they were doing that back in the nineties. They were doing the pick and roll every time. Every time you knew that Malone was going to get it, or uh, Stockton had it, Malone was going to get it because they would just do the yeah. pick and roll. And Malone was perfect for Stockton because he had the outside jump shot. 
So they work yeah. perfect together. So uh, I, I always remember watching John Stockton when he would have, he was never good like off the dribble shooter, but he always had, he would always be that stand standing shooter where like if Malone would get mm-hmm. him, just like Kemp with Peyton or whatever, he yeah. would just get it and he would just stand and shoot. But uh, yeah. isn't he, the, isn't he has the most assists in. Um, yeah. He's all time steals leader. Yep. Oh, okay. Wow. And he's yeah. at 13. So these, these top twelve here got to be uh, got to be a bit better than yeah. John Stockton. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah. All right, Chris, you can go to number twelve. All right, so number twelve we have Steve Nash, and you know he obviously won the MVP on a short list of great passers of the early 2000s. His style of play very much resembles players of today, where they're at they're just so gifted in the pick and roll. I mean, and manipulate the pick and roll so well that their value becomes exponentially higher. He doesn't score as many points in, in volume as I think people associate with him. Obviously, great three point shooter can shot create a little bit. His game and ability are not fully shown by the stats because he's a better scorer than a stats. And the stats say he's kind of like John mm-hmm. Stockton in the aspect, but he's just more gifted offensively. He's an okay to blow, okay average defender, but. Okay, it's a low average defender, but that's nothing to be extremely worried about. He's Especially a, in that 10 seconds or left offense. He's definitely a, a better shooter than uh, John Stockton. He's, he's got a, he's a better offensive threat. And he can adapt to any yeah. type of like situation in the offense. Uh, he can run. He can fast break it like no one could. He can slow it down. He could create his own shots. He's great off the pick mm-hmm. and roll. He's He's good with like with the bigger guys too. Like you see him with Amari uh, Stoudemire. He was good with Dirk. Like he would, he could adapt to other people's games. He's definitely yeah. uh, definitely well worth those MVPs. Even though he beat Shaq yep. for one of them, which Shaq yeah. still to yeah. this day complains about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably rightfully so. But yeah, yeah, I I agree with you that uh, he's really a much more skilled scorer than John Stockton and uh. Yeah, but he's kind of in the same mold as John Stockton, smaller point guard, not much, you know, foot speed, not much of a vertical athlete, shooter, that type of thing. But yeah, Steve Nash is really special here. So uh, are you guys ready for number 11? Almost yep. definitely. All right. So number 11 is a younger guy who just made his statement last year, Trey Young. Uh, this guy is a really underrated passer. He's averaging eight to nine assists really easy. Uh, he's also in that playoff run, he's averaging like 20, 28 a game. And then the, you know, averaging 29, the regular season, he's a ridiculous deep three point shooter, insane pick and roll guy has no flaws offensively, has a great, uh, floater inside the lane. Um, his peak right now, what he did last year is just absolutely ridiculous. So yeah. What do you guys think about Trey young here at 11? Trey Young is my favorite player in the NBA right now from the playoffs last year when he was cooking these guys. He was one of those yeah. players I remember in the draft, they said that he wasn't even going to be like drafted because he was too small. So for him to mm. come out with the Hawks right now, his shot, his jump shot or his three point shot too, like his shot in general is unreal. He has no range. Like the guy is like a, you, you have to literally guard him at half court. So yeah. And with the Atlanta Hawks too, like last year he played banged up too, and he was still dropping those guys. So I'm looking yep. forward to this season when he's healthy and see what happens in the playoffs yep. this year. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 
Yeah, I definitely remember when uh, during the playoffs last year when the the Atlanta Hawks and the Knicks gave us that amazing battle. Great you know series, what I mean? Yeah. He, took, he took a bow in Madison Square Garden. Uh, <laughs> oh, <when> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was awesome. I love his swag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or he does the yeah. shiver. He does the shiver. He does a yeah. yeah, yeah, man. He's definitely. He actually is my favorite player. I'm looking forward. I hope he does something good this year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah. That Atlanta Hawks team is gonna be fun to watch, man. With John yes, Collins sir. getting that big money, oh, they're locked him down yeah. as well. Yeah. When does the, the NBA season? The NBA season starts here shortly. I think it's this week or next. Week. Two days. Two days. Two more days on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep, on Tuesday. Okay, well, I'm definitely gonna have to yep. get some heavy league pass here. Oh, same. <laughs> nice. All right, guys, we're breaking the top ten here. Beautiful. This is greatness. Chris, you got number ten. Alrighty, so for at number ten we have Tiny Archibald. I definitely feel like this is one of the more ridiculously underrated point guards of all time. You never really hear about him. He dropped thirty-four and eleven in the season. Like, that is absolutely insane. He also led the league in points and assists one season, which is absolutely yeah. ridiculous wow. as well. Um, he was the greatest passer in the 70s. And he was really gifted, like, speed, quickness, vertical, five foot ten, five foot eleven. really built like – not like Mark Smart built, like, defined body. He is extremely gifted finisher around the rim and good mid-range shooter. And you put all that together, you get a phenomenal point guard. I mean, other than three-point shooting, he has no flaws, but they weren't shooting threes in the era. And there's a lot of modern point guards that can't shoot threes, but their value is shown by their passing and their gifted athleticism, which is his. What he has, so I really don't understand why people are so low on him. He's just a great shot creator, a great creator of offense, and that was really unseen for a very long time. Wow. Wow, his numbers are pretty good with what you were saying, and plus he scored. His season, in back in the 70s, his season high was uh, his – was 55 points. That's crazy. Which is crazy. Ridiculous. And when you said that he, he he led the league in scoring and assists in the same season? Right. Yes. We, we got to be thinking like back in the 70s too, right? Like it's not like I think we're still like with the way ball is today. Like back then it, there, there were like rules and stuff on what you can do and what you couldn't do on the basketball court. It's not like freelance mm-hmm. today. So for when these guys are scoring all these points, man, it's – it's pretty cool, like Tiny Archibald. I've heard of him before, but I've never seen his stats. But he's definitely – he made the Hall of Fame, I think, too, correct? Yeah. 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 He, oh, definitely he, a Hall of Fame. He didn't win a ring. He didn't yeah. win a ring. Oh, he did win a ring. Yeah, with the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah older in his career, after his prime, he was on point guard on the Celtics. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Definitely Hall yeah. of Famer. Top 10, definitely. Yeah. Awesome pick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's funny that we're choosing this guy at number nine because they kind of like when we did the evolution of basketball series, Tiny Archibald was Isaiah Thomas before Isaiah Thomas. And we have Isaiah Thomas nine. Uh, They're both ridiculous dribblers of the basketball, but Isaiah Thomas made it a little better. Uh, You know, you mix that with a really great athlete, good mid-range shooter. You know, good defender, extremely tough. I mean, his his stories of breaking his ankle in the finals and still playing through it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, really good passer. He's really underrated passer because there's a couple of years where he leads the league in assists. Like, he is just a special in that area. 
Um, if you want to watch some fun game film, watch them before they won the rings and they went all defensive with Kelly Trapuca and they were playing fast, up-paced basketball. That was really fun to watch. So, yeah, Isaiah Thomas here, very deserving of nine. What do you guys think of him? I remember watching him with the uh, when Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, the bad boys, when they came out. Mm-hmm. He was extremely tough. That team was tough. But his handles yeah. were ridiculous. Like what you're seeing now is nothing compared to what Isaiah Thomas he would literally he could dribble around you, and it makes you just look yeah. silly. Like his handles yeah. were just unbelievable, and his attitude towards winning, like he yes. just didn't care. Like I remember when they lost her to the Bulls, and they just walked off the court. To this day, I don't know if you guys watched the Last Dance, but to this day, some of the players are still pissed at um, yeah for <laughs> doing that. Right? Like it's just that mentality. Yeah. Like you didn't see that. Like the bad boys back yeah. then. Like. You didn't see them going to the like going to the hole and getting crushed and stuff like that. Yeah. So he brought a different uh, era of basketball. It's not just what he did on the court, but what he did off the court would bring in that t- kind of attitude that basketball yeah. needed at the time with the bad boys. Yeah, hundred percent. Chris, do you, I know you absolutely love this guy? So you have anything about him? Yeah. So Isaiah Thomas is like. Like, honestly, that team, that bad boys team, I mean, like, you just talking about a really tough point guard. I mean, like, with the breaking of his ankle and coming back out and playing the rest of that game, or even when they had cut his eye, he benched him up and he sent him right back out there. And I think he hit, like, the game-winning shot. Like, he's just – stories go on and on about this guy. This guy is the phenomenal ball handler. I mean, he's a great shooter, a great leader. He's just perfect for that team, perfect for that era. And I still, to this day, you know, he was the mountain that Jordan had to overcome in order to be what Jordan is today because Jordan could oh, not yeah. beat the Pistons. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan had to go and change up his whole planet to try and beat the pit. Like, he had to hit the gym. He had to get tougher. And uh, yeah. and even still, they took him – the Pistons took him to, like, game sevens. Like, if you go yeah, look on yeah. YouTube, you can go watch all the Detroit games, and uh, there's a lot of game sevens that these guys – they took the Bulls in their prime. So yeah, they were legit. I I would love to see them play in this type of era, though, with the way the fouls are yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, awesome pick, though. Yep. All right, Chris, living loving legend at number eight. Who do we oh, have? Yeah, Oscar Roberson. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love the call. <laughs> uh, he's the greatest passer of the era. He's the second best mid range shooter of the era. He's butter. 6'5", not super ripped, but has a very naturally strong, stocky body. I'm amazed at how little he attacks the basket. Basket is all mid-range post-up game. My love for him has grown, so the more I think about it before these, let's say before 2005, most porn guards were not, hey, I'm a great shot creator from the perimeter. I'm Steph Curry. I'm Dame Lillard. I'm Luka Doncic. They are mostly, hey, I'm going to get the offense involved. I might be a good three-point shooter. I might be a good mid-range shooter. I might be a good defender. I might be a good passer. But that's what the goal was. The goal was to be able to have a part of your game that was good enough to get shots, to score around 19 or 20, and have 10 assists and play good defense and lead your team. That was the way point guards were bred to live and play. And a lot of the guys below him on this list were taught that way. And I just think, that even though he's not going to be a great ball handler compared to a guy like John Stockton or Gary Payton, he's still 6'5". He still has an amazing mid-range shot from 18 feet. And in so 
He can space and still hit pull-up mid-range shots, still hit off the ball shots. He can still go off a screen like they did in the 60s. So I think he could have done extremely well in the 90s. I think in the 90s he would have been the best point guard. He's a phenomenal passer. His size allows him to do things that big point guards always do in the NBA, which is post. And he still have been able to post. So on an all-time list, he does favorably because the point guard skill didn't take the Super Saiyan jump until – some more extremely gifted scorers came into the league at point guard. And he also, before a couple years ago, was the only one to average a triple-double for an entire season before Russell Westbrook broke his record. Yep. Uh, he's he averaged triple-double and he has all-time triple-doubles. Yeah. He's definitely Mr. Triple-Double. He's definitely had the full round pa- all-around package when he was playing back in those days. And you got to think about, too, having, doing triple-doubles back in those days, I think are harder than what, what Russell Westbrook is doing triple doubles today. You didn't see a lot of triple doubles back when Oscar Robertson was playing, so it was very rare. So, man, he's definitely the big O. <laughs> he's a he's yeah, still a rebounds from Kareem. <laughs> I've, I, I, I've watched a few of his games, but I have never seen like if you're taking rebounds from Kareem back in the Milwaukee days. <laughs> Yeah, you're a beast. Yeah, they play the same team, so. Yeah, no, they're yeah. beasts. Like, even when you – I play them on the uh, NBA 2K, uh, the classic teams, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Big O there and, and uh, Kareem. They're, like, that's that's a tandem that's yeah. unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Jerry West in an interview said that he's a better player than him, so – you know, that's first class right there. He yeah. really is. Most definitely. Like triple doubles back in, in Oscar Robertson's days, like nothing. Like he did it full seasons, if I'm not correct. Yeah. So Yeah, like averaging in the season, yeah. Yeah, like there's like back then there's like barriers and stuff, right? Like you couldn't just do all this fancy stuff and whatever, right? Like there was like he had to be on a certain team with a certain amount of players and just fit it perfect. But averaging a triple double, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, so we're going to kick it to number seven here, getting closer and closer to the top five. It's Chris Paul. Uh, it's kind of like the 90s merged with John Stockton and Gary Payton, and they birthed Chris Paul. Like He's a great defender. He's a world-class passer, great mid-range shooter. When he's younger with the Hornets and the Clippers, he's able to attack the rim. He's much more athletic than people remember because obviously we just view him as this old guy right now. Um, phenomenal mid-range shooter, uh, a great three-point shooter. He's three-level scorer, defender. He's just like all the teachings of basketball from the 70s, 80s, and 90s just he, all put into CP3. So what do you guys think about Chris Paul? He was great with the Clippers. He had a good – I love his mid-range jumper. He was uh, – I think they should have won a championship. They had enough talent there with the Clippers to do it. I don't know why. And then he, uh, mm-hmm. and now he's playing in Phoenix. So he went to the finals last year. But when he was playing in uh, with uh, the Hornets was when he was uh, pretty crazy. Like his handle. Yes. Even to this day. And even when you watch him with his uh, mid-range jump shot, like you know where the area is. It's basically at the top of the key. So yeah, I think he, uh, I hope he wins a championship. I would have loved for him to play with I don't know if you guys remember, but I think they were going to do a big trade back in the day where he was supposed to go to the Lakers. Yeah, with Kobe. I would have yep. loved. I would have loved to see that one. Yeah, me too. He's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer, though. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So, 
Chris, what do you think about CP3? Oh, definitely like the pick and roll like king. Like that's really where his bread and butter came yes. in. I mean, he's just he's not really like a really fast, but he's more of a at my pace, traditional point guard. I'm gonna set up the offense, I'm gonna get everybody involved. Oh wait, there's a big man. Here you go, Ellie. You you drop fifteen now because I'm on the court with you, type of guy. Yep. Yeah. And he's a big and he's a big point guard. Like he's not a small, like he's a big point guard. Like he can go in the post. Like he's not one of these point yeah, guards that stay out in the in the wing, right? Like he'll go in the post or he'll guard he'll guard a bigger player, right? Like he's not scared to do it. Like his defense is is yeah. above average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Chris, you have a uh, number six, and then I'm going to break the top five. Okay. All right. So six seven point guard. Number six, Penny Hardaway. Um, absolutely amazing. I mean, the way that he can score from the post, the mid-range, great passer, great athlete, pretty solid three-point shooter. This is a modern guard, and he's absolutely amazing. Shoots above average for the era. If you post up a defender, is an immediate double team. He puts so much pressure on the interior that defense, athletic freak, can shoot mid-range. His mind is so next level. Highlight tape is better than the full game. Well, he played for – he was uh, drafted, and he played with Orlando. He played with Shaq. And then yeah. uh, they they were good. Uh, and then Shaq left. I think Shaq left to the Lakers. And then Penny was mm-hmm. stuck by himself. And then he, uh, I think Penny got traded. Yeah, he got hurt a lot, and then he got traded to the uh, Suns. Yeah. I think. Like he had, he had a lot of talent. That guy. And yes. Then, and then it just went. Uh, I'm just trying to find him on here because I, I honestly, I love, I loved him when he played with Orlando. I, he reminded me of Magic Johnson. Back when he was mm-hmm. playing, with a better jump shot. Yeah. So and then and then oh he went to uh, he went from Orlando he went to Phoenix, and then from Phoenix, he he finished off his, his career in Miami. He played in New York for three years, but after it seems like after after Orlando, that was it. Yeah. So his ability to. His athletic gifts are absolutely ridiculous. It's just absolutely insane watching him dunk on everybody. And um, if he would have had the ability to just stay healthy post Shaq, I legitimately think if he would have kept on developing his game, he would have been like pushing 28, 29 points a game and being like MVP talks. Like yeah, he would have changed the East the way people view point guards in that point time period. So it's sad that he had so many injuries. Yeah, no, he yeah. was he was amazing. I remember the Penny Hardaway shoes. Remember those little Penny? Penny I've I think I remember. Yeah, I think I know of it because Shaq talked about when Little Penny came out that he hated it. He was yeah. like Little Penny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he had all the, he had the shoes. So, but yeah, yeah, no, he definitely could have done a lot if he wasn't injured. Yeah, a hundred percent. So now we're in the top five, eh? Yep, yep, we are. Ooh, um, we're starting off the top five, which uh, with a controversial one, Russell Westbrook. Um, this what? is basketball minds can have very controversial opinions on this. Uh, he's definitely that's <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, his play style is. I don't think his play style is a. Uh, some people believe that his play style does not show like his assists are not shown by like him being a good passer, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Um, but I think the way he plays basketball is underrated because he's just 
completely so gifted at attacking the rim and creating open opportunities for the guy in the corner. I just think that that value of I'm so gifted at what I do, the defense has to collapse and I create extremely open shots that most people who are um, just like going to make the passes around and may not like attack the rim like this may not have the advantages of. So, um, and I love the way he plays. I feel like he's a coach's dream, like toughness wise, like plays every single minute. Like it's game seven of the NBA finals dives on the floor. It's rare for a superstar to play the way he plays with just every single second all out. So yeah, good mid range pull up. So yeah, we got Russell Westbrook here at five. What do you guys think? Definitely controversial at five. That's uh, that at the most there. <laughs> Like I, I, I like what Russell Westbrook, but in the top five, I don't know. Just he is. Uh, I, I honestly don't think he's much like he's a point guard that, from what I see, turns his ball over a lot. From what I'm seeing with the mm-hmm. Lakers, like I'm, I'm, I'm reading his projections this year, and they're saying that he's supposed to average 23 points and nine assists a, a game, with a turnover, mm-hmm. turnover, like turning it over about five a game. So. Um, He's a great, like he's a good point guard, but he really just needs to tone down on the turnovers, and that's really about it, man. Like he turns it over a lot. He turns it over more than he gets, like turnovers and assists sometimes. So, um, other than the turnovers, I think he's a great basketball player, good point guard. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, that's the that's the new Mr. Triple Double. I mean, what well, he averaged yeah. triple triple double for two straight seasons or something like that. Had a fantastic time in um Oklahoma City. Um and it's kinda like on the I mean, I wouldn't say he's on the latter part of his career, but it's like he's still trying to find what he had in Oklahoma City, um, in a way. Hopefully he can rekindle that with the Lakers. Um one thing I do want to say is that it's, it, when, as soon as he can figure out that he's not Batman and that he's Robin, at best, he'll he'll be able to really thrive in the NBA. Yeah. Well, let's see if he does that this year with the Lakers. Yeah, because yep. LeBron's Batman. That's, de- that's definitely <laughs> – yes, that's, that's that was definitely – I was not expecting uh, that at number five, so I'm, ex- I'm, I'm, I'm excited for number four. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> okay. Chris, what do you have? Alrighty, at number four we have the wrapping point guard Dame Dollar. <laughs> so you know he's um always thought personally thought that he was going to be better than Kyrie Irving. I really have always loved this guy. He is much more bouncing than people expect. He is great finishing ability. He's an average defender. He has an amazing ability to pass over. Um, I mean, to pass his gifts are oh my gosh, he's ridiculous. <laughs> three point, he is the greatest deep point. The greatest deep three-point shooter other than Curry, he would look like a revolution in the basketball. He would look like a revolution in the NBA if it was not for Steph Curry, but this guy has similar benefits. This guy's ability to stretch the floor so much that he creates so much easy offense for the rest of his teammates. This guy is stuck in Portland, which does not get a lot of TV games. It's not primetime TV, but this guy is extremely special. He's extremely calm and cool, collected, and he's extremely clutch. He is probably top three most clutch player on this list. He has memorable shots, like hitting shot on Russell Westbrook. and the, No, he hit a shot on Paul George and then waving goodbye. His swag is ridiculous. No. He just has the ability to be unstoppable <laughs> on, the, on the basketball court. His scoring average numbers are ridiculous, so he's extremely gifted, and he really, really deserves to be where he's at. Yeah. Well, I agree with everything that you said, 
and he's a great basketball player, but he needs to get out of Portland if he even wants to do anything with his basketball career. I think the days of him in Portland are going to be done after this season. And I hope that. Yeah, he, I hope uh, so. And I hope he goes somewhere where it's a contender, but he has a, like, as you see, he has great range. He has, he is cold as ice in the fourth quarter. Like he will go for your jugular yes. in the fourth. So it's yes. just, I just, just, with it's frustrating to watch him play on a team that's not a big market and he just he's a big market player so i'm hoping this season that it, he wakes up i wish he would have been traded yeah. in the off season this year i was hoping that he would have got yeah. traded but i'm I, yeah, I, me too. I, i'm hoping that in portland that either he's going to win a ring this year or he's going to be leaving but uh yeah amazing amazing basketball player i i i became a fan when he when he went like this to paul george when he went bye bye yeah. yeah, we watched that series together. Yeah, that was, yeah. Awesome. That was amazing. Awesome. Like yeah. you, can't, you couldn't even call. Like yeah. you guys got to think like how far away that is, and with the crowd and the clutch, like that is just yes, that is on another planet. Amazing, yes. amazing. Yes, great pick. Yeah, great pick. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so we're gonna kick it to number three here. Uh, there's two mo- play guys are playing in the NBA left, and then there's one guy that is a retired. Well, not we're not going to disclose it yet, but uh, Luka Doncic is absolutely insane. Uh, number yeah, number three here. The reality here is he has the potential to become the greatest point guard of all time. He's already flashing it. Um, I mean, he's making this list this high because he just averaged like what was it, thirty-seven, eight, nine in the playoffs before getting hurt. Like, yeah. who does that? Like, uh, six foot seven. His skill level was makes him amazing. So he's not going to decline for a while. Um, yeah, he he is just he's like he has eyes in the back of his head. His passing is not fluff stats at all. He legitimately has a great feel for the game of basketball. High basketball IQ, ability to shoot with range, shot creation, post smaller point guards. It's just his game is just so ridiculously skilled. Uh, I honestly believe that one day he's going to become one of the all-time greats with the Larry Birds, the Magics, the LeBrons, the Wilts. I, I really believe he's going to be in that breath one day. So uh, what do you guys think about Luka? I love Luka. I, I loved him uh, when he was in the playoffs, but... If you guys didn't watch what he did in the Olympics, when he took his team and just started just oh my destroying, gosh. that's when I started yes. getting into a, into a Luca fan. Uh, I'm yeah. a I'm a big Larry Bird guy. Uh, personally, I think Larry Bird is the, the greatest basketball player of all time. I'm a big Larry Bird guy, and it, the thing that gets me is when they start comparing him to Bird. But you're not going to mm-hmm. compare him to Bird because uh, it's Larry Bird, right? But I think Luca is going to. Like you said, he's going to be winning MVP awards. He's going to be—he could go down as one of the greatest point guards if he stays healthy and uh, yeah. it does something in Dallas. But he's amazing. Yeah. What I saw him do in the Olympics was just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yes, amazing. Yes. He has a great jump shot. He has a good in and out. Good with the pick and roll. Uh, his basketball mm-hmm. IQ at his age is great. So that's a definitely a good pick at number three. Yep. Chris? I like Luca too. Um, I think that the only problem that he faces right now is because he could have won several playoff series. That's for sure. But he's just mm-hmm. he's in that 
the, he's in the time that all greats face where it's just him on a team and he's just looking for that supporting cast member to come along with him. That's really all it takes mm-hmm. now. It doesn't take, he doesn't have, he doesn't need to have a super team with three or four people on there. It really just needs one other consistent player who's like mid to top tier and they're winning championships. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. We're all at right, number, oh, number two. We got two more to go. All right. Let's see. Yep. Uh, Let's see who the, the top two here are going to be. All righty. At number two, we have Chef Curry with the shot. <laughs> number two is Steph Curry. So Curry is like the three-point shooting god. <laughs> it's like yes. His three-point shooting is what you would compare to like Wilt Chamberlain yep. scoring. He literally shattered everything we knew about three-point shooting. I mean, he came in as a smaller guard and completely revolutionized the NBA. I mean, like, the NBA now, every team, if you look throughout the NBA, all 32 teams, I believe it is, they all look like the Golden State Warriors, except for the Lakers. But every other team looks like the Golden State Warriors. They all have a guard that can shoot, shooters around them, and that's all they and they and they play defense. That's literally all, and they all run as like Golden State with that team and with Curry at the helm. Really, like took the NBA by storm because they were up and down playing defense and scoring all over the place and just blowing teams out. And they're like, who are these guys? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the one time um, when I think it was a last second shot. And this is when I became a Curry fan. It was during his first stint as MVP. It was when he was about to win it. I think it was in Oklahoma City. And he's he gets the ball, dribbles down court, not even all the way down court, half court, the clock's ticking, takes a half court shot, nails it easily, thinks it. Yes. It's just all net. I'm just like, wow. I'm amazed. He's definitely the uh like I said, I'm a Larry Bird fan, and I can stay on your podcast that Steph Curry is the the greatest shooter of all time. Him off the dribble and shooting it from, like, half court is ridiculous. Like, I don't know if you watch him in yes. preseason already, but the guy's already going off. I think he's going to be a, definitely a contender for the NBA, uh, NBA MVP. And if they're healthy with Clay Thompson coming back, uh, they're going to be a contender for the, the championship this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree that they're going to be a contender. Um, Yeah, I mean, he completely, like the slow-footed center that's tall got exposed by him, like this this whole run. Like he just gets the switch and he just destroys them. It's like highlight tape after highlight tape after just destroying poor centers like Marcus All and putting them on highlight tapes. Like he's he's ridiculous. He's He's so special. Um, his his jump was when pre Steve Kerr, the Mark Jackson offense was like, oh, he's great in the pick and roll. But once Steve Kerr created like twenty four seconds of death, where like he's running around the whole time, like he's a greater threat without the ball than with the ball. He understands where the spaces go, where spaces are open. His basketball IQ without the ball is absolutely insane, and. Once they started doing that in his inner, like, he's like a triathlon runner, distance runner in yep. the NBA. Like, he's ridiculous. His stand-up was insane. So, yeah, Steph Curry is a ridiculous human being. Love watching him play. All right. 
Well, we got one more left, and I'm hoping that I, I hear the words that I'm going to be hearing, or I might be losing my laptop here. So, <laughs> all right, John hear- stuck. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. All right. Ooh, oh my goodness! Number one, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Um, this is this is this is this guy's a legitimate demigod. Um, he's six foot nine. Straight line speed is insane. Greatest passer of all time. It's not even really a conversation. Like what he does is just on a different level. It's kind of like Steph Curry to three point shooting is what Magic Johnson is to passing. And he's not this Ben Simmons. Oh, I'm so flawed. I can't even shoot a mid range shot. Like, no, that's the complete opposite. He's also really underrated post player in the offense. Like he can really post. Um, I honestly believe that even though he had to feed Kareem a lot, I think if he would have just had his own offense, he would have averaged like 25 and 12 and like 10 and just would have dominated the league still. Um, now, he doesn't need the three-point shot to be super amazing. He's just world-class, fast-paced, ridiculous passing. I mean, he is as great as a point guard that's ever been in the NBA, his size Helps him with so many things. Six foot nine is insane. So yeah, what do you guys think about the uh, point guard goat? At least as right now, Magic Johnson. Definitely right pick number one. He was awesome, especially when he uh, came into the league. His first rookie, his rookie season, he won the NBA championship. I think he uh, won it off a hook mm-hmm. shot. And just with the yes. way, and just with the way that his game is, like his fast pace, showtime. He would put a little bit more like entertainment into it. He's the one that started bringing basketball back. Him and Bird back in the 80s started bringing the ball back. If it wasn't for them, I don't know how basketball would be today. But he, like, just with him, like, his jump shot wasn't the greatest, but it was decent. But when you would get him off the fast, on a fast break, it's lights out. That would be it. It was like, it was to say that he's a legend is just making it. uh, I don't even know if there's even a word here for that, but he is just, (laughs) like, he is unreal. He's, by far one of my top three uh, favorite basketball players of all time. Well worth it. Yeah. It's too bad that yeah, he, yeah. he had, he had to retire from the HIV and because yeah, he would, yeah, he yeah. would, nice. he would have, uh, he would have came back and I think he would have done a lot. So that was, yeah. that's an awesome pick. Chris, what do you yeah. got? Oh yeah, man. Magic is special. I mean, <sighs> you get, you put the ball in his hand, you let him run the fast break and you get exactly what his name is. Magic. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, yes. it's no, it's no easier way to say it. It's just magic. It, I mean, like you watch yes. him and you watch how you watch his feel for the game, his vision on the floor, and how he just looks for the shooters and put people in the right position, and also his finishing ability as well. I mean, and then he people say like, okay, well he couldn't shoot, but from what I've seen, he can shoot pretty well. And he was so tall that he was able to play the center for one time when I think Kareem was out that game, yep. and it was I think it was in the yes. finals. He had to play the center, mm-hmm. and I think he, you're right, he did win that game with the hook shot. No, it was a sky hook. Yeah, sky hook in his yeah. rookie season, uh, subbing in, in for Kareem. Season. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just wish he was so good. I wish they would never use thirty-two ever in that league again. Like they should just leave thirty-two, and that's it. No one can wear thirty-two other than uh, Magic Johnson. That's how much yeah. of a legend that guy is. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. He's he completely. I mean, like big point guards became a thing because of him. Like it's yeah. it's it's insane what he did. And it's just yeah, it's it's. 
yeah, yeah, so special, and, so special. It's hard to you, put in the words. And you got to think about back in the '80s, where big point guards were not that like in style or whatever you want to call it, right? Like it was like the smaller yeah. point guards setting up the offense and just going down through the post. Magic changed everything. Like he changed the whole, like the whole thing with a fast break. A lot of more teams were copying that style. They call it Showtime. So he was definitely, uh, if he was on the Mount Rushmore of basketball, he he's definitely on on mine for uh, yeah, for, yeah. For, for for basketball. He was definitely uh, ahead of his time. I would like to say, mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, definitely, definitely the goat of point guards. Yes. Well, do you have anything else, Chris? No, I'm all good. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for going through this with us, listening to us talk about the greatest top 75 point guards of all time. Hopefully, guys, you guys learned something new today, new to something new about basketball. Uh, just want to thank Darren for dropping, uh, jumping on the podcast with us. Thank really you. knows the stuff with basketball. Enjoyed it. Chris, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, just like just like Jason said, just want to extend our thanks. You know, you come back on whenever you want to. Oh, awesome! We would love to have you yeah. again. Oh, this was awesome. <laughs> just, I love this. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you guys very much for having me on here. I appreciate it. I hope the people that are listening to this uh, enjoy the podcast. It's great for uh, basketball fans everywhere. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you guys. Appreciate it. <clears throat> well, you you guys can find us at uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you guys download podcasts, hitting that download button really helps us with the algorithm. Yeah, def- this is going to be a series that's going to be reoccurring. We're basically going to have top 75 shooting guards, small forwards, power forwards, centers, because this is the 75th anniversary of basketball. So, yeah, all this great content is going to be coming out more consistently here. So, yeah, I'm Jason Collins. And I'm Chris Muhammad. I'm Darren Nicole. And we are the basketball addicts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are the, the best basketball one. addicts today. <laughs> Peace. Peace out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.